In Southeast Agnet's Ag and Review for the week ending July the 15th, on Thursday, the U.S. House of Representatives did pass the Senate's Biotech Food Labeling Bill, S-764, otherwise known as the GMO Labeling Bill. The White House has already confirmed that President Obama would sign the compromise bill. Of course, various ag groups did issue releases praising the action by the House. And according to this story from Rod Bain, the Agriculture Department would have authority to implement and create regulations for a mandatory GMO labeling measure passed by the Congress over the past week. A measure passed by both houses of Congress creating federal mandatory GMO labeling awaits the president's signature into law, an action that is expected soon. And once the bill becomes law, it will be up to the Agriculture Department to implement and enforce it. They are the ones given the authority to label everything that contains GMOs that's on the grocery shelf. Senator Debbie Stabenow of Michigan says USDA would have two years to develop rules and regulations related to labeling connected to products with GMO ingredients. The Agriculture Department would also oversee methods of labeling. The bill gives options such as a USDA-created symbol, text labeling, or a digital code to reveal GMO-related information. Representative Colin Peterson of Minnesota supports USDA's role in developing a GMO labeling system. They have the expertise to do this, and they've shown this with the labeling that they did for the successful National Organic Program. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. Thanks, Rod. In other news, USDA's proposed organic livestock rule is of real concern for many in the livestock industry, and thus various organizations have come out against it. The National Chicken Council recommends revising or clarifying several key aspects of the proposed rule to enhance bird health, protect food safety, and maintain a viable organic program. An NCC spokesperson said the proposal imposes unreasonable costs and requirements of doubtful benefit on organic farmers and undermines ongoing international efforts to develop poultry welfare standards. The National Pork Producers Council wants its members to voice their opinions on USDA's new organic animal welfare standards. NPPC says the standards will not change the concept of organic food and agriculture, but they could be broadened to include regular livestock production methods. And the National Cattlemen's Beef Association has asked the Ag Department to actually withdraw the rule. NCBA President Tracy Bruner told USDA they should suggest that organic producers become certified in the Beef Quality Assurance Program rather than attempting to address continuously changing animal practices. Well, farmer stock peanut contracts have returned to buying points as shellers are seeking to secure uncontracted peanuts that are likely in the government loan program. Tyron Spearman has more on that story along with information about flex contracts. Peanut contracts returned to the buying points and shellers are asking the farmers to submit to some higher prices. Peanuts that were three seventy five are now $400 per ton on uncontracted 2015 peanuts that will probably mature before October. These are in the loan and they have nine months to uh, be uh, priced and pull out and be shelled. They're also offering $400 for 2016 runner-type peanuts. That's the peanuts in the ground right now. Nobody's jumped on that, mainly because of the hot weather. The flex contract has now come back into the picture. One sheller was offering the flex contract last uh, year, and some farmers signed up with the flex contract, and now they've get a market increase. The price jumped from 47 cents a pound to 49.25 cents a pound. That's a 2.25 increase, which means an additional $30.37 added to the contract. For each one cent it goes up, you get a 13.50 increase on the contract. 
That's what they call the flex contract. I'm Darren Spearman for Southeast Agnet. Kathy Isom fills us in on why this past Friday, July 15th, was special for horse and equestrian lovers across the nation. National I Love Horses Day, a day set aside for everyone to recognize the love of one magnificent creature. With over 200 breeds, their loyalty and devotion throughout history may be only a portion of the reasons to love them, not just a means of transportation. Horses cleared fields, fought wars, moved cattle, and were companions on long, lonely trails. They were a cornerstone to survival in a burgeoning nation. The tallest horse breed is the Shire. The quarter horse, named for its speed on a short track, is one of the fastest breeds of horses. Thoroughbreds follow quarter horses for longer distance, but Arabians outlast both breeds for endurance on the longest races. Celebrate by visiting a local stable for a horseback ride, a national park where wild horses still roam free, or riding your own horse if you have one. I'm Kathy Isom, Southeast Agnet. And to wrap up this week's podcast, Eric Greiner talks about farmers facing labor shortages. I don't know if uh, the political rhetoric has anything to do with it or not, but American agriculture is facing a serious labor shortage. It's worse in some places than others, but shortages have been reported in 20 states. And look where? California, Michigan, Georgia. Now that tells you it's all over the country, and it tells you that many crops are likely to rot in the fields this year. See, a vegetable crop must be harvested at the right time. That span of time is days, not weeks. It requires a lot more workers than planting and growing. Traditionally, harvesting has been done by migrant field workers. So where are those workers in 2016? Farmers are blaming our labor department, but the problem is a lot bigger than that. So unless it can be resolved and quickly, farmers may lose crops and consumers will surely pay the price. And that's review for today. Everett Grinder, Southeast Agnet. You can hear those reports and more from this past week at our website, southeastagnet.com. Randall Wiseman, Southeast Agnet.